Hello friends, this is John Klein III of episode 78 of Shadow and Flame of Magic the Podcast. And today we're going to review Excalibur issue 7 from volume 1. So let's get to it, to it, to it. And thank you to Francisco for providing the theme song to the podcast. Appreciate it and you. And before we launch into the series, uh, podcasting for Spotify notified me today that this is, oh, I should say, uh, November 8th, nope, November 2nd is the anniversary of the podcast. And I can't believe I've been podcasting for a solid year. Uh, one day I was listening to Amazing, Simply Amazing, the premier Nightcrawler podcast. And I love the word the premiere. And I was like, oh, Kitty Pride deserves the title of a premiere podcast. And so I was like, she, like, someone should do that. And I was like, you know what? If these two ladies can do, uh, Lisa and Lauren can do, you know, a 30 minute episode on Nightcrawler, like roughly, you know, like, I could do 30 minutes on Kitty Pride and Lockheed and Magic. Like, the, the thing sets itself. Plus, I have Gears of a Podcast or um, a website, shoutoutandflagatmagic.com. And, you know, one year later or 77 episodes later, which apparently I could do lots of bonus episodes, uh, which stay tuned because I did not announce at the end of Uncanny X-Men Annual 9 what the next uh, theme month was going to be, though I imagine you can guess it, but just, I can't believe a year went by, and thank you everyone for listening and supporting and ranking and possibly telling friends about it. Just, I can't believe it's been a year. Like, what a commitment I turned out I had done. And so, oh, and I made a, a blog post too today. Uh, just with a quick summary of what year one was like. So as we enter year two, Excalibur 7 kicks it off with our continued coverage of Inferno. And I'm holding my phone to my face, which I don't need to do. So Excalibur 7, it will cost you $1.50 or 200 cans or 50 pence. It's comic book approved, comic book authority approved. Um... Upper character box, it oh, actually, that's the only box on the is the team Excal or not Excalibur, Megan, Captain Burton, Rachel, Kurt, and Kitty. And the cover is Rachel in her mannequin wedding outfit and a blue demon next to her, but not our blue demon. And then other as other demons watch on. I don't know, is this Corvix? Well, I guess we will find out when we read the book, which now the title, so the character names escaping. Oh yeah, Cortis. I was right. It's easy because I read these like hours in advance, and then I'm like, okay, tonight's night I record. Inside cover ad is for Nintendo gamers. The biggest hit of the decade is back just for you, Pac-Man, being published by Tingen. Like, all right. And this came out in April 
the six, if my old dad eyes are correct. On this darkest night of humanity's soul, Manhattan Island burns. And we just see the Empire State Building, which is has grown by, I don't know, a million percent. And then demons walk its streets, rule its skies, and the natural order of things. We just see demons just taunting people, like carrying people, dropping people. Mailbox is are just flying about. A dude stuck in a wall with his feet above his head, but his head not upside down, but like forward. So what is going on with his body in there? Is that there is no natural order. Here we see Cortis running around with a book. He's like, Cortis serves him faithfully, does all his commands and more. So Cortis rewarded? Nah. And in the building, in the blaring heart of this Edrich Inferno, there's no one to notice. Is a buried and believed little demon, betrayed little demon. And Cortis catch something catches his eyes and he turns. The goblin mourn. Man, I cannot read these words. Stanley presents presentation starring Excalibur by Chris Claremont, writer Alan Davis, penciler Paul Neely, inker Neary. Augustin Moss, letter, Glynis Oliver, colors, legend, Terry Cavanaugh, editor, Tom DeFogo, editor-in-chief, and creators, Claremont Davis, which is fun. <clears throat> oh, suddenly stumbles his heart's desire. It's her. He sees Rachel's mannequin. Or Rachel as a mannequin. And Kurt's just to his left. A jump to the left, if you will. And he's unconscious on the ground. Because that's where he fell. And he's just marveling at her. He wants to marry her. Mostly because she's already in the wedding dress. So it's super easy for him. He grabs a top hat. So he could be presentable. Meanwhile... And these a trio of friends are just trying to get away from demons and they run in front of a a theater and a multiplex, if you will. And we see the film film the film filming. The film playing is Brian Braddock is Fast Buck. Kitty Pride is the victim. Fast Buck in Teen Bimbo. War Gore Shocker 23, which we have yet to get Jaws 15, much less 5 through 14. And so these trio of friends is being sucked into the theater, and not just the theater, but also the screen, and they find themselves in... Team Bimble War Gore Shocker 23. As we see, it's a desert scene. Uh, very Rambo-like. Uh, Brian and Kitty are both wearing pretty much the same thing. Brown boots, green camouflage pants. Except she's wearing a tight black tank top. And he's shirtless. But she's wearing a bandana over her 
around her forehead, which is blue, and he's wearing his around his forehead, which is red. And he has a giant gun and a sword strapped to his back. She's just trying to talk sense to him. Brian, can we talk? It's me, Kitty. Whatever's happened, however we appear, we're still pals, right? You dare challenge the might of the goblin princess? And she thinks, uh-oh. <clears throat> the penalty for that transgression is death. And then we get ba 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 as he, like, shoots his machine gun. Wrong. No more pals. Captain Brian has gone totally loony. Thanks to my phasing power, he can't touch me. But the refugees behind me aren't so lucky. Gotta focus my concentration solid, solidly enough to the take Bride down. Try to dis ow. But she like kicks him in the knee. You're such a little bit of a girl. Like what? What a harsh thing to say. And he picks her up like by her hair. And like begins to like try to throw her onto the ground, but she phases through him. Don't you know when you're hopelessly dull? Excalibur <laughs> uh, is such a great title, especially these early issues where it's just Claremont and Davis and Neary just and Oliver. Just like just working on all cylinders. Should I remember Lumix? The bigger they are, the harder No as she like phases Oh, no, no, he has a knife, but she has a bigger knife. And I guess instinctively, she she was just going to end this thing because, you know, she has that sweet Ogan training as well as Logan training. Kitty, Cap, are you are you going to kill me? And I would look on his face of, like, from my skip, right, fear to, like, puzzled. I, I want to more than just about anything. Like, I'm not really me, but some actor playing a role. Jeez, this is scary. And she throws the knife into the ground, but not as scary. No, that isn't scary. This is scary. And Brian, because she was getting off his back, has turned into Freddy Krueger, but with a... Oh, well, that's clever. So he has a Captain Britain face mask now, like in the cl- classic Union Jack color. But it's half his, the, that helmet, well, no, let me just say it's a hockey mask well, styled in the Captain, the Union Jack coloring, but half of the mask is torn away. And then he has Freddy Krueger gloves, so he's the best of all worlds. Cap, give me a hug, sweetie gal. Better yet, slobber a big fat kiss. And then Kitty's like thrown back and she's like, he's changed. And so have I. Into I hate this, hate this, hate yes, a cheerleader. Which is amazing because this is just issue seven. And that's going to pay off in such a big way in um, Girl School of Heck. Meanwhile, we see a giant police car picking Kurt off the, it's a possessed police car. Oh, no, no, it's a dump truck. A sanitation vehicle, if you will. <clears throat> he just picks up Kurt and just throws it into its own mouth. And then Kurt sees, is surrounded by a bunch of people, but since he's blue and furry, they think he's a demon, and they start wailing on him. And he's Kurt, so he's able to bounce around the room and try to 
knock um knock some sense into them with some clangs and kangs and debangs which causes the sanitation truck demon to have an upset stomach and lets them all out and it's disgusting. <laughs> Meanwhile, huh, he's coming after me closer all the time. <gasps> Gotta catch me, hurt me, cut me, kill me. His kitty's running down different aisles. Stop it! And she continues to think, I can't. I know it's wrong, but I'm scared out of my mind. Running like some brainless, terrified squawk? Just because I'm costume as a bimbo doesn't mean I have to play the part. Those lockers. Each bearing the name of a student at Xavier's school. A voice calling me. You see here, Kitty Pride. So there's Logan, there's Doug Ramsey, there's Aurora Monroe, Ileana Raspatina, except he doesn't have the Tina at the end, Peter Rasputin, Scott Summers, coming from Doug Ramsey's locker, phasing through the electronic lock will disrupt the circuitry and pop the bolt. Doug? No room in here, Shadowcat. You have to hide in your own locker. No, I'm stuck in the movie. This is a fantasy. I refuse to accept any of it. Then, charcoal. You having a blessed thing to worry about. And there he is. But he's lost the hockey mask. And Brian's now just pure Freddy Krueger, but with green overalls. I guess to show off his muscular arms. Have you, dearie? He's pushing a card that says, Property of Xavier School for... Mutilated mutants, which is cute. And Kitty looks cute in her truly outfit. She has uh, white shoes, red socks that go up past her ankles, a red skirt, and a white sweater with a big old red X on her chest, which is foolish as that just makes for a giant, uh, you know, bullseye or a target. It's not a bullseye, that's a different shape. Crosshairs, I guess, would be the actual word for it please allow me to introduce myself i'm the custodian it's my job to keep professor xavier's spotlessly clean can't have my floor scuffled and cluttered with you naughty school brats and so she just runs off scared can't help myself i'm panicking which is what he wants oh no dear you don't get away quite that easy and especially not unscathed and like stretches his arm way out and scratches her back and she goes oh as she falls to the ground no it's not her back it's her shoulder left left arm don't understand my natural state's being intangible those claws should have passed harmlessly through me hold that pose hot stuff your skull will keep my keep mine company Oh, because on the push cart is a skull. Not on your life. You can run, hun, and even hide, but you'll never, ever escape. Meanwhile, Kurt's uh, look hang out of a gargoyle, which is very uh, Spider-Man and Batman of him. So he would make a great Spider-Man if given a chance. I'm trying to see, does he name this thing? Uh, this is great dialogue, and it's amazing, like, very artistic, too, like, the sh coloring and the shading. Like, you just can tell it's grooming. He's like, take things a step at a time. 
put them all in some rational, let's laugh perspective. Our teammate, Rachel, I can't do a German accent, flew to New York answering a telepathic, oh, yeah, this is a Claremont recap that's required of him. For her help from her baby brother, the rest of Excalibur, myself, Captain Britain, Megan, and Shadowcat followed, only to find what? An Empire State Building grown miles high, people turning to demons, trucks into monsters. Even Megan has been affected, her humanity stripped from her by the demon Nashir, and Christian her his goblin princess. No sign of Brian or Kitty or Rachel. Lord knows what happened to them. Way this night's going, probably nothing good. Jaw, that's what I'm afraid of. Haven't seen you around the neighborhood before you knew in town? Hmm? So, Toro, you're alive! As the gargoyle, like, turns its head to talk to him. Actually, the more accurate term is animate. Life, that's a facet of creation and roof created when the sculptor lays chisels of stone to transform imagination into reality. You're not like others, the ones attacking the city. They're demons. I'm a gargoyle. And a most charming one. They're from out of town, you see. Even if that was the, our nature, which it isn't. You don't do harm where you live. Going? I must. I, I'm needed. I understand. I've seen a lot of you superheroes flash by my perch. But you're definitely one of the cutest. Which is cute. As he's like wall crawling away. And so, uh, Kurt sees a lady hassling another lady, so he runs and he kicks the the harasser, and the head pops right off because it's a mannequin. And he helps the lady by fleeing, and he sees, I guess, another movie set of a uh, a spaceship and. Soldiers walking around patrolling. Oh, oh, it's a toy store. And the toy soldiers are coming alive. And then they see the evil mannequins and start blasting. And now the mannequins reform themselves, but pretty much as they find them. So the heads are now on the arm sockets and legs, clothes are torn. Uh, If there's no torso, then... The head just falls right above the waist. Meanwhile, can't keep running blindly, even if these halls seem to go on forever. Had to find somewhere, some way to make a stand. Ah! Oh, and now she's come across a bunch of dead X-Men. Uh, Wolverine. Hiya. Oh, hiya, kid. Long time. No see. And so there's Kalash's upside down. Oh, everyone's upside down. <clears throat> I don't recognize any of these other people. <clears throat> They're all like, oh, Storm's there and maybe a rogue? And we see Megan's there. Well, dear, your friends are waiting. That's right, Megan, my friends. I won't, I don't have you or anyone make their memory an obscenity. Oh, yeah, because they think the X-Men are still dead. Because the X-Men have phones but don't know how to call people. 
And Megan's like, her left arm, it cannot be. Oh, her left arm where her cut is has be- is taking the shape of some armor. There's just no pleasing some people. If my avatar is too distasteful, we'll simply have to find another way. And Katie's now in this beautiful yellow dress. Like maybe like Belle's dress, but a little more sleeker. Not so much a ballroom dress, but has like a lot of frills around the uh, waist down. Wow. A big band grandpa's music. Nice, though. Okay, first Rambo at then a schoolgirl slasher scenario. Now, Kitty. Yeep. Only a hand. Only a hand. No knives. Thank heaven, only a hand. I must say, my dear, you're looking especially radiant. May I have this dance? Do you have a choice? And Brian, in very nice tux and a top hat himself, Starts dancing her kitty. I hope you don't mind if I sweep you off your feet. And now uh, he's just like twirling her around way too fast. <clears throat> and Megan says, around and around you go. Faster and faster. Tripping the light fantastic, dare I say, like demons. Not to stop until you drop. And not to drop, sweet child, until you're dead. And you get the impression they're just dancing controlling faster and faster meanwhile which is like what our six meanwhile kurt keeps like trying to fight off these mannequins all he sees a mannequin wearing rachel's outfit with all the it's all red with the spiky the the spiky spikes i was gonna say So now he's trying to get the mannequin costume to the wedding to Rachel's body. Meanwhile, Stephen Hunter, if you could see me now, trying to remember all you taught. Don't think, feel the music. Let the body take care of itself. I love dancing, and classes with you were the best. Which is a, like, Excalibur is a funner title. More fun title. But, you know, Kitty's gone through some, some ringers already. Sorry to disappoint you, bright boy, but playing Ginger Rogers to your friends there is actually fu- Huh? And she looks up and Brian's just like sweating and just on the verge of exhaustion. Brian doesn't look so good. Shouldn't be like this. I'm in tip-top shape, but he's super-powered mass of muscle. How come I feel fine while he, poor dear, is running out of gas? And then he finally just collapses on the ground. Ugh, ugh, ugh. He's exhausted, wheezing like an old man. Bet that's not part of Megan's screenplay. And Megan's like, typical. You always fail me, Brian, when I need you most. And he like puts a collar around his neck and like tugs him along. Which is very telling because this is issue seven. Like, by this point, he's already flirting with Courtney Ross a bunch. He's ditching her at any sign of being bored with Megan. So it's not just been, she's not been oblivious to this whole situation. You're the luck of your namesake, Shadowcat, but you can't save you forever. Meanwhile, I can't imagine Terry Cavanaugh was like, we'll fix this later and come up with a 
some other terms, but it never happens. So Cordis is about to marry Rachel. There's a demon who's also on the cover, who is, in fact, purple, trying to marry them. Rachel is all smiles, but you can tell in her, her eyes that she does not want to be getting married to Cordis. And he's saying, as soon as she says, I do, the spell will be complete. It looks like a bunch of lightning going around him. Meanwhile, so Megan's not necessarily, it's not the Empire State Building, but it's some type of tall building with some Gothic architecture. Do you feel my pet? A celestial hush, that yearning sense of anticipation. Which I guess is like Rocky Horror Show vibe, so it must have been yearning sense of anticipation. It's a horrible Tim Curry impression. As the cosmos teeter on the edge of the ultimate abyss, awaiting the black, because I can only imagine Megan in her full, like, goblin princess outfit with the fishnets and corset and the purple cape, like, she's, she's feeling it. She, she has the vibe. Awaiting the black wind that will sweep it over. I can hardly wait. And Brian, because this is a Chris Claremont comic, is very much in some dominatrix outfit. Um, it's like very, I was going to say a very uh, thin thong, but I guess that's just a thong. And with a chest harness, it's just like a strap around his chest that leads, connects to the choker around his neck. I can hardly wait. Are you forgetting something, Princess? You're too late. You're wrong. As Kitty shows up in pretty much her own version of the of Ileana's armor. But it's like sleeker, I guess. And give her a, a scrunchie. That's also silver armor. You're wrong. I'm the hero. I'm just in time. To meet your doom, I want her soul, Brian. The rest of her is yours. And he just like starts lunging at her like one of those goons from Arkham Asylum. That if I play too late at night and doing that, like it's early in the level, but like they will spook you if they're like their drawl of and they're like half sentences and they're just, you know they've lost their minds essentially. They hit triangle to counter and just throw them on the on their back and knock them out, but I don't know, they, they can spook you because they can come out from anywhere. He's certainly welcome to try. You know what this is, sport? The soul sword. He's like, rah! It belongs to my roommate. Which I meant to say more as a talent size. Ileana Raspatina, magic of the new mutants. It's the sum and substance of her arcane might. It destroys spells and slays magical creatures and with a whoosh wapsh and an arg. I hope I've set you free of Meg's enchantment. If I done worse, I'm sorry. And so he's back in his Captain Britain outfit, but with a big old slash down his chest of the fabric, like he's not bleeding or anything. The sword and armor manifested themselves the moment that appeared before the castle. And the last time that happened was when Ileana was Murdered by the Beyonder. Way back in New Mutants 36 and 37 and X-Men 203, Terry Cavanaugh. So, 40 issues later, Kitty has it again. 
They revert when she, he resurrected her. Don't think much of it afterwards. Don't want to. Does this mean something's happened to Ileana? No, not her too. Wasn't Doug Ramsey and the X-Men dying enough? It isn't fair. And Megan says, care this brat laying your mind out of your on your work. Leaving you vulnerable to my demonic influence. Humanity is such an encumbrance. And now she's turning Kitty, I guess, into a cat lady. We're all for, we're all of us better off without it. Shadow Cat, you are a name. Now become one in fact, as I make manifest a demon in your soul. That you may take Brian's place at my feet. Kitty singing, Megan's weakening, just like Brian did. Whatever the cause, it's an advantage. I don't intend to go to waste. And I guess with her cat-like reflexes, she's like, Throws the swole sword straight at Megan's uh, torso. M movie's finished, princess, and so are you. There's a great panel of the swole sword going deep into her chest and the the cleansing light fading everyone. Hey, there's an ad here for Pride of the X-Men and a Spider-Man VHS hosted by Stan Lee. Now you can get both... Um, videos for $32.90. Oh, one's uh, how to draw the Marvel way. Oh, and the autograph um, anniversary poster. That's nice. Meanwhile, so Kurt has finally showed up to the wedding ceremony. And he punches the... Not a priest or a reverend. What do you call someone who is just presiding over the ceremony? The host, the ceremonial host? There's probably a better word. And so he closes the book that uh, the host was reading from. He kicks him in the face, even. And now he's. I think he. Has the book itself. He throws the book at the mannequin wearing Rachel's outfit plus Rachel, mannequin Rachel in a wedding dress. And we get a giant, another awesome pay, um, bottom right panel of the city as the phoenix erupts. Well, well, I'm me again, Rachel says. What an experience. What a nightmare. Her speech bubbles are all jagged around. As you can tell, she's sort searing with power. Am I glad it's over? I also. Nightcar, you okay? Yes and no. It was a victory that had to be won, Phoenix, but the cost was equally dear. As you see the gargoyle from Rear's, um head in Kurt's hands, which is like, oh, Kurt. Meanwhile, has to be like the 15th meanwhile. Uh, the theater's being let out. Everyone's just escaping. Megan, how can you bear to touch me, even talk to me after what I did? Because I know that wasn't the real you any more than it was me. And Kitty's picking up uh, Brian's broken mask. Wrong cap. Pieces of us. Twisted, maybe magnified, or erroneously out of proportion, but pieces nonetheless. The sword sword.
I really cut him. So was that part of the film or something more? Meanwhile, you see Cortis is in the rain. He's looking for um, Nasir. Next, Escalibur's New York Adventure, which is very humorous. And the back cover is an awesome page by, or back cover by Alan Dave, uh, Image and Paul Neary. Has this the Goblin Queen, or Goblin Princess, with Brian in his full-on Captain Britain uniform. With a collar around his neck and a chain leading to the Goblin Princess's hand as... Uh, Kitty in her classic scour blue outfit, but with like an undershirt of body armor and the sword sword in her hand as Kurt's coming down as well. But I guess they're all facing the same. Oh, 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 oh. So silly. It's a wraparound cover. And so they're all here at the wedding of, of Rachel and Cortez. But Kitty's trying to get through through all the demons. Kurt's on his way to Rachel, and Megan's just watching. And that was Excalibur Seven. So thank you everyone for uh, listening. You um, can look forward to next week's episode being X Men Twenty Eight, which was an amazing comic that I'm super excited to review. Uh, and then it's November already, so we are going to kick off Cap or the Marvel's month with exclusively being Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers comics. As few Miss Marvel comics I have in the few Photon or Monica Monica comics. Rambo. I was like, man, I know Monica's last name. What is it? Bay Amalco Rambo, but it was just easier to review Carol Danver comics, so that's what we're doing. She's the lead in the movie, and that's what the direction we're going. So I picked out four of those, and should be a pretty great time. Uh, if you want a great time, you can follow me on Twitter and, well, mostly Twitter and YouTube at Jacko SIII. Instagram, I don't quite do that much on there. There's no Lockheed images, so I think I'm just going to use the cover of Excalibur 7 to promote the episode. And so that will be in the morning. So thank you everyone for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. All right, everyone. Bye.